local environment heroes saving the trees and the bees and doing it daily hello julie hello ryan congratulations on the first season of your podcast whoa whoa it's um man it's gone quickly it has hasn't it i can't believe that we've done well we've got 20 episodes up and out the door yeah yeah. We've had a great six months with it. We've talked to some incredible people. We've gone on the road. Um. We have. We've gone on a little quest. We've gone, yeah, I think I'm hoping, all things swooning, that maybe 2022 we can go on the road a bit more. That'd be pretty exciting. Because mm. um, we tried lots of different formats, didn't we? We've interviewed a lot of people here at the Environment Centre. Yep. Uh, thanks to a wonderful lockdown, we interviewed a bunch of people on Zoom, uh, which was also fun for its own reasons. Um, and yeah, we've gone out on the road. But today we're going to wrap up the season. Wrap um, up. So we don't have a guest. It's just you and me. No, and nor do we have notes. And this is making me really nervous because normally people, I have like my computer up and I've got all these notes written and I've got an idea in my head about where we're going to go. But today, who knows? <laughs> this, could go, this conversation could go anywhere. It's all up here, right? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I know. I'm like, man, who have we interviewed? What have we spoken about? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that because I thought obviously we should talk about the people we've interviewed, standout moments, um, standout things that were said. But it's so easy to go to the most recent ones because they're all incredible, right? And you remember the most recent ones first. So I thought maybe we should go back right to the start of the season. Okay. Trying to remember because <laughs> our the first start? interview was with Professor Robert Costanza. It was too. economics. Yes. And um, yeah. Yeah, in the Canberra Environment Centre. It was. And we were a bit nervous. I think we really weren't really sure what we were doing. Yeah, we didn't know um, how amazing this was all going to turn no. out. No, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly not. Um, but and what, well, what can you remember from that interview? I mostly what sticks out to me. He obviously he said a lot of interesting things about. Uh, well-being indexes and using that instead of gross domestic profit. I remember his story of where he grew up and that the they were – what was that? It was like a natural dis- – it wasn't a natural disaster. No, it was, it was something that burned. There was a lot of burning and smoke and it was a mine perhaps. Uh, it was the first time there was – uh, air pollution. It was kind of the start yeah, of air pollution. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was a big deal and it just made me think but, but that wasn't that long ago. This man sitting across that, as in like how far we've gone to destroy the joint in the last 50 years, essentially. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, um, it seems to have. So, yeah, Robert Costanza, Ecological Economics, big focus on not putting gross domestic profit as our main measure of success, which yep. I think is um, a great idea. There's yeah. a lot of other things that we should be measuring. Um, well-being index is what he calls it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and about valuing our ecosystems in the decisions that we make, which we know that doesn't happen enough. No, actually including them. I think that's part of the issue, right? We just are so ignoring all the stuff that goes into making stuff. Like we just kind of like whatever. It's the stuff at the end that matters, not all of the stuff around it. Exactly. It's it's concerning. Yeah, but there's more and more businesses as we've learned as we went on through the year talking to business owners uh, that are looking at a triple bottom line um, and they're really doing it. They mean it and it's of great value to them and that's that's fantastic. So that's something you and I have spoken about too, like obviously offline where we've kind of gone, man, we didn't – like I don't think we ever set out to interview business owners or we didn't set out to interview anyone really or we just mm. kind of went 
people in Canberra was kind of our who rough, are heroes. Yeah, yeah, that was our rough idea of a rough category of guests. Um, and there are a number of small business owners or big business owners that are scattered throughout the twenty episodes. Yeah, and it's really amazing, inspiring, and interesting to hear their stories about why they're doing what they're doing mm. and how they're going about doing it and. I think all of them acknowledge, okay, so it's a little bit different and, you know, maybe the path that is well-trodden is the easier path, but we couldn't go down that path anymore. Yep, yep, as us all as a species perhaps shouldn't. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, totally. Um, I think what, so one of our later interviews which happened over Zoom was with Hannah Maloney from Good Life Permaculture and something, obviously she's a genius, um, a great interview, but something that really stuck with me was her values-based approach, defining your values. And I feel like that's what all of these guests have done. Yeah. They're living by their values. They decided what was important to them and they're putting that at the forefront. Yeah, I have... um so I went and bought Hannah's, one of Hannah's tea, um, tea towels. Ah, they look it's, great. It's so cool. It's so cool. And I just have it in a little frame and it sits right on our kitchen bench. Like every day you're faced with looking at one of her tea towels. What's on the tea towel? So the tea towel is it basically explains, I guess, what the philosophy behind permaculture, but in a really cool little way. Like, you know, you think about what you're doing. These are the like, be inclusive Um people before profit, that kind of thing is on there. And it just, it's so nice every day just to look at that and kind of, you know, you get up and make yourself a cup of tea in the morning and you set yourself for the day. Yep. Like I feel it's almost my, like I look at it and go, yep, okay, right, ready to go. Yep, today okay. people before profit. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yesterday I wasn't doing that, but today I will. No. Like, I think, yeah, totally, That's right? great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so second on the line was... Professor Mark Howden. Oh. So we, a couple of hard hitters to start off the, yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and wasn't he a gem? I I have seen him. He must think I'm weird because I have <laughs> seen I'm sure he does. But I saw him the other day in Dixon and then I saw him again the other day. I think it was like their farewell, their Christmas lunch. I just happened to be in the same place that he was having Christmas lunch with people. I don't think he recognised me but <laughs> I'm like this groupie where I'm like tapping my kids on the shoulder going, that's Mark Howden. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I really, I should have gone up to him again and said, hello, we interviewed you because yeah. that was, yep, it was a standout. Yeah. Well, he's like our chief climate scientist, right, who's also living that sustainable life yep. in the suburbs of Canberra. Yep. Um, like, yeah, I think his whole mantra, right, will, you know, I'm going to invest in an electric vehicle because I should and I'm going to be... Like, you know, his whole house, which is a backyard full of joy and wonder and preserving things and chickens and olives and chilies and yay. Yeah, that was that was pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interview. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think we need to go through all 20, but what about a highlight for you? I've, I've pulled out a few highlights of mine already. Was uh, there a favourite, Julie? I know they're all fantastic. Huh. So surprising, I think I, I'm going to struggle. Um, in fact, I'm going to do a good politician here and <laughs> totally ignore your question and answer the question I want to answer. Perfect. <laughs> the question I want to answer is surprising. So ah, the most surprising, most guest. surprising guest, Let's or the most, um, like I just kind of went, whoa. Um, I have to say, Olympia from ah, Gotera. Yes. Um, like I just Olympia Yaga. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, totally surprised. Like just. Yeah. Um, 
I really loved that interview. I loved her. It, it, I wish, you know, it will be good. Perhaps we can do this in season two to actually go down and see her in person. And yeah. and she's just recently, I just saw her on LinkedIn actually, she's just won a couple more awards for her business. Yeah, right. She's definitely an award winner. Oh, just, but just her, like her story again, which is what we set out to do, wasn't it? Like yep. to uncover people's stories and their journey. And like her story was just, it was pretty... Um, it was awesome. What like, was surprising about it to you? Um, I loved the fact that I was, and I was totally not expecting this, how just direct she was. She is so, she doesn't, like, she just doesn't pull any punches. She's like, this is what's going on and this isn't good enough and this is what I'm going to do about solving it. Yeah. Like, the word that's authentic cool. gets banded around a bit, hey, but she was definitely authentic. Yeah. Very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to meet her in person and I'd love to see the operation because I, yeah. in my mind still, like, I, I, I couldn't explain to you exactly what it is she's doing. Something about maggots and growing yeah. them and eating food waste and then turning it back into so, but I want to see it I want to see, see it. it apparently she's doing stuff with robotics as well so it's not just that it's that she's trying to automate the whole but it was designed as raising alternative livestock feed so that was why she was raising the, the maggots and the insects in the first place yeah. um, to get a better feed for live protein for the sheep I think she said she was into um, but then she realized in order to feed all these insects she needed food waste she was like oh my god she has a waste business she thought it was a feed business now it's a waste business yeah. and so she's going to become a specialist in in waste and my gosh what a powerhouse yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like total powerhouse right yeah um how about you i'm just trying to think what surprised me the most i think it was chris dennis from two before ten that um really floored me because he was very humble and what we we're talking about was pretty simple. Apart, what knocked me off my seat was that he was genuinely making these decisions to, as a business owner, to not only be more sustainable business, but to lift other people's businesses up. And I think even for the best people around, there's still that competitive urge, particularly when you're in a small business, right? And his whole thing was he wants his staff to open up their own cafes and to follow his philosophy and he doesn't see that as competition he's like the whole thing needs to change yeah yeah yeah. it's pretty incredible yeah yeah i agree yeah yeah he was um, cool yeah and just his integrity and his willingness to stick with his idea of only serving avocado when it's seasonal uh it's big cool yeah um and not many cafes would make it he might be the only one i know of yeah 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 um, totally yeah it's like well yeah he's Laid his money down. <laughs> he's he's sticking to his word, walking the walk, as they say. And then I also loved um, his story about how they've got these, like the whole cafe at Aranda, um, it kind of was built on community goodwill and the community really wanting this cafe to succeed and people coming down and donating stuff in the beginning to get the cafe up and running and how yep. they've got these regulars. And he told he tells his story, right, about how it was Christmas Day and he was in there painting. That's the only day of the year they're shut and yep. he was in there painting um, and he could hear some noise and he came out the front and one of you know the old guys, he called it, who comes to the cafe nearly every day was out there whippersnipping yep. the lawn for them just because that's something he could do for them. Yeah. Like, I just went, that's like that's customer loyalty, right? That's, that's like That's a pretty impressive place you've Hard built. worker. Actually, I think everyone we talked to was a very hard worker. Yeah. Maybe when you're living your passion and you're really living by your values, 
the work becomes less like work. It just becomes your life, right? And that's why their work's so hard. Like, I don't know, Mia Swainson, she was in here this morning. She was a great interview earlier on in the season. Very busy person, very hard worker. Brooke Clinton with Capital Scraps. Oh, my gosh, just watching her on our social media. Seeing the amount of stuff she does, it's just incredible. And um, missing some along the way. But everyone was working really hard. Ainsley Urban Farm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's hard work, yep, especially Fiona. this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, that's a really interesting question. Maybe we need to add that into our list of questions that we have which one? in What's season two. Um, is this work? Like, are you ah. working? Like, how do you define work and what you're doing? Is it work? Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's fascinating, right? Yeah, because, well, let's take Fiona um, as an example, which another great interview. But so she has this urban farm in Ainsley where she's selling produce and selling microgreens. But beyond that, she also has like a Churchill Fellowship to go and learn how to get more growers in. So it's not just her business she's focused on. She's focused on growing this whole idea of urban agriculture. And actually one thing she said always it stuck with me every time I drive down Northbourne Avenue, which is not that often because I hate Northbourne Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> when I am driving down Northbourne Avenue and somewhere near Northbourne Avenue, um, she made that comment that imagine if that, you know, those empty blocks on Northbourne Avenue actually were turned into urban farms. Yeah. And I think that every time I drive past, I'm like, could you imagine that if this was some incredible foraging open farm that yeah. people were out there tending to? Like, be amazing. I just think that brings a whole new level of energy and enthusiasm and excitement into the city yeah and it's totally possible we're a progressive city that's why we love it here and also someone else we interviewed rebecca vazzarotti is the minister for agriculture and so we've got a greens member as our our mla that's representing not just sustainability but also agriculture yeah so um be interesting to see what happens there next year yeah um she was a very humble politician wasn't she she was Amazing. Yeah. Like she was really like, and um, I like I dealt with quite a few politicians in my time. Um, and I was like, I was quite um, intrigued at the fact she came with no staff. She just bought herself here, sat down with no notes and just proceeded to talk to us about her life story yeah. and why she was doing what she was doing and what she was excited about coming up. And like, yep. I found it Really genuine. Oh, yeah. Uh, what really came through was her real passion for social justice. That yeah. was at the top of the list for her, wasn't it? Yep. Obviously, environment's very important to her. But the reason she's in the position she is in is to try and help people. Yeah. And um, sadly, that's quite rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that broadens then our definition of sustainability. And, yeah. you know, environmental sustainable heroes, maybe, and maybe really it is all sustainable heroes like is it social mm. it's environment it's changing the way you do business yep. all of that wrapped up together is going to help the environment and help the planet which is what we're yeah. about well you can't have a healthy environment without healthy people because you need to tend to the people first right yeah oh, can't have healthy care. people without healthy environment yeah yeah, both. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was something that came out of a lot of the interviews is that it is bigger it's not just about the environment it's about social justice yeah um, that's uh, Hannah Maloney touched on that quite heavily. Yeah. Um, they talk about first justice of First Nations people and also just um, what was it? So she, when she was setting her values, it wasn't just like what do we want to do and what's good for us, it's what's good for the world. Yeah. And that's, um, that's yeah. pretty cool. Carissa Proust has just oh, yes. come into my mind actually because yep. I think the whole First Nations value and understanding yep. our world through 
the lens of people who have been, been here forever. Yep. Like I think she also and caring for land but building that whole community and mental resilience and mental health and getting outside, like she really draws that connection between, you know, the healthy environment and healthy people. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah, and it's becoming quite literal in yeah. some of the projects she was doing of taking people out to plant trees for the purposes of mental yeah. health. And they, uh, she's the CEO of ACT Landcare and Landcare had recently released a paper which we asked her about which was the mental health benefits of being involved with Landcare. And it sounds so simple but that's a groundbreaking piece of work in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, where we need to be heading because if you think about it on the most base level, which I like to do, is if you're an animal that's destroying your habitat, you're going to feel pretty bad. And how could you make yourself feel better doing something to protect that habitat, yep. right? Yeah. And we like to tell ourselves we're not animals, but it can be that simple for me. I think that's why I'm interested in doing this stuff is like this is everything that we have, even though it doesn't look like it a lot of the time, comes from the earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. And so there's, yeah, seems pretty simple. <laughs> we just have to, we have to remember that, don't we? Yeah. It seems that. It's something that um has become easy to forget. Every single thing, this microphone, this recorder, yeah. it doesn't look like anything that's come from the earth, but it's all, yeah, all has. Yeah, yeah. We, we've messed with it to make it look the way it is, but still when there's, yeah, none of that stuff left. Yeah. Then we'll be digging through the landfills to uh, <laughs> find all the old stuff <laughs> that we threw out because a button stopped working. Yes. Like oh, man. Um, oh. But we talked to me about that. I, I'm interested to know, Julie, so at the start of the year, so at the end of every interview, um, for new listeners, <laughs> uh, we ask, so we interview our um, heroes and then we ask them five questions, which yeah. was what would be the first thing you would change if you were president of the world? And we got some really interesting, diverse answers. Yeah, of course there were yeah. some similar ones, but they're actually much more diverse than I thought. Um, and also what do you see around you in 2030. Yep. And obviously we ask for environmental tips and advice, but those two questions are really powerful. And so we, in our very first episode of this season, we gave our own answers to that. Do you feel like after interviewing all these heroes, whether <sighs> your answers have changed at all? Oh, I need to go back and look at my <laughs> answers. Don't ask me questions like that because I can't remember yesterday, let alone six months ago. What did I say? Um, uh, I know I said... Uh, I think president of the world, my answer was um, getting people out to do some sort of um, mandatory community service, like yep. like a land care kind of thing. Like yep. everyone has to go out, like, but you have to do it and spend three or four hours outside a week yep. caring for nature. Yep. Um, that was the same that as Shuan Lovett, the Australia River Restoration Centre. She said everyone has to go stop what they're doing right now, sit under a tree yep. for 15 minutes and think about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, connection um, with nature was a big theme <coughs> yep. throughout a lot of the answers, wasn't it? So I'm going to stick by my answer. Yeah, good Ooh, answer. Controversial. <laughs> I feel I should have reflected and changed. But I don't think I am going to change yet. Like I think at the moment I still think and, and I think that ties into, you know, this is you were pointing at the microphone before and where does that come from? So if we connect with nature, we understand nature and we understand the value of nature and we understand where things have come from. So, yep. yes, I'm going to stick with that as being my answer. Yeah, I think it's now. wholly important. And um, yours was something, I'm trying to, yours was similar? I think it was very specific. I think you said to do something and I said to don't do something and that was to continue mining mm. the earth the way yes, that we do. Yes, correct. Uh, which I still feel pretty powerful yeah. about yeah. <laughs> I feel pretty certain that um, that's not a great idea um, but having heard a lot of other responses from a lot more 
uh, articulate people. <laughs> very ad- some of the very articulate uh, than myself maybe think that sure we could stop doing that. Is that going to solve everything? Perhaps not. It stops doing something really destructive. But what I got, which is what you were onto before me, so full credit yeah, there, thanks, yeah. which came along through the others, was what we need to do is to tell people to do things, to start caring, yeah. and that we will stop doing these destructive behaviors, behaviors if we work as a community to do the important stuff. And maybe also because there's something in that action, like the, the, the action of doing something is better than inaction. Yeah. So, you know, if you act on something and I think maybe too that's the message we've got from all of our interviewees so far is that you can do something and you oh, should yeah. be doing something but you can yep. like don't think that you can sit back and go oh it's too hard I can't start or I don't know where to begin mate you know you can start and you should start yep. and and you can start wherever you are and what makes you feel comfortable at first like I think it was Mia who said find like find a group of people that you know are interested in the same sort of things that you're interested in and start start from there. Yep. And like I think that's right. Start from where you are, but just but start. Yeah. Every little thing that you do matters. Yeah. Don't think that it doesn't. That was a and big it'll, one. It'll make you feel better. Of course, right? That's that's tying it all together. It's that looking after your habitat, looking after caring yeah. for the earth, that land care, mental health thing, and also. Our, our most valued, well, one of our most valued climate scientists also sees the importance of growing tomatoes and um, making jam from wild yeah. plums and doing all these sustainable behaviours that are very small but they are making an impact. And yeah. if, if it's worthwhile to him, then it's worthwhile to all of us with the stuff he knows. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Um, the importance of the electric car, the solar panels, that it's if we each individually take responsibility, then... Which should be sweet, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Makes me think of um, so husband um, he has this line that he says constantly to the kids, which really annoys me. But because um, <laughs> he really annoys me, but uh, no, doesn't he's nice sometimes. But like this just makes me think that his line is actually bigger than I think he thinks his line is. So he always says, look after your stuff, and your stuff will look after you. Like mm. he says it to the kids all the time about you know pack your stuff away. Like put your Lego in the container, like make sure you clean up after you, like you've been taking your bike out on a muddy trail. Yep. That kind of thing. So he always says, and the kid's like, oh, daddy, like look after your stuff. We know that. <laughs> but if you extend that, I feel what we've got to is if you exchange the word stuff for planet or your local environment or your, yeah. your house or your garden or your like your world, yep. we'll look after your world and the yep. world's going to look after you. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good one. There you go. Yeah. Look, he's teaching you hey. stuff. Gosh. Um, we were at the we were, husband. <laughs> we were at the ACT Environment Don't Awards Don't tell him I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. No, no, that's all right. We were at the ACT Environment Awards and the ACT Environmentalist of the Year was a farmer from Yas, John was his name. John Ives. John Ives. And he said, he paraphrased a, um, an American president from a, a, a mm. while back. He said, think not what you what your earth can do for you, but think about what you can do for your earth. Yeah. And that's a pretty nice way to live because I think all these people that we've interviewed, our heroes, right, they're not self-centred people in any way. They're all very effective people, but it's like, Thinking about what the earth can do for you, I think part of the problem, part of the reason we've found ourselves with this big environmental looming problem 
even if it's not now every day yet, but starting to feel like it is, yeah. is that we've just been focused on ourselves. I need this. I need that. Yeah, uh, this yeah, very yeah. individual, yeah. Um, you know, a, a breaking apart of community, a breaking apart of the generations uh, only happened over the last century or so, a little bit 50 more. 50 years. Maybe. Yeah. And I, I need it now too. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's going to have to shift a little bit, I think. He was... Um he was really interesting because when he, like the reason for him saying that, coming up with that quote is that I think you or I had asked him a direct question about it would have been easy for you to move to a different, because he's, you know, he spent the last 40 years doing a whole series of regenerative and restorative methods on his farm to yep. bring it back up to being a workable farm, like he was saying, you know, his soil at one point, the pH was so insanely low or high, whichever one it shouldn't be, that it wasn't actually soil. Like it was just insane. So he's done all of these measures, right? And I think you or I said to him, well, you could have just moved to a different farm. Like, <laughs> like, like honestly, like I think maybe it was me. It's a bit facetious, wasn't it? But honestly, like you could just move, pick up and move to a different farm. Like yep. why this farm? Yep. And that's when he came up with that line and just yep. said, well, you know, this is my like, well, I've got a chance to fix it and yep. so why wouldn't I put yep. in all of these measures? And I like I loved that shift. Like I yeah. just that line of thinking was yep. amazing. I mean, much like I guess when we went out and probably I guess if I had to pick a favourite, Charles Massey. <laughs> that was pretty special. When we drove out there and had a look at his farm and yep. met the genius that is Charles Massey. And it's the same thing, like how do I care for this land? How do I make this land, which is me? Like, I just uh, – yeah, oh, that was – yep. That Everyone, you've got to go. You've got to listen. We're proud of that one, aren't we? Real, I'm really proud of all of them. That's true. I'm really proud of that one. Yeah. Um, and even just like he humbled me when we asked him who his environmental – or going and visiting oh, was humbling yes. in the first place. Best we line ever. Yeah. Who are your environmental heroes? And in my mind so far, it had only been other humans. Yeah. Very obviously, <laughs> there are earthworms. Earthworms. Were his environmental heroes. Mushrooms. Oh, exactly. Oh. Yeah. Um, that made me feel like a right fool. That, yeah. That <laughs> but also just completely in love with the idea. Totally. So that line plus, um, and you and I have spoken about this line a few times, our, um, episode 19 with Corey Tut and the line yeah. about look up at the stars. Yes. Like that line is incredibly powerful. So that was thinking about things in a way that I hadn't before either. And he, what an incredible young man. That was our, oh. um, yeah, our second to last of the season. But he was just suggesting like, we become super absorbed in the internet and that's true and I know that I try to not look at my phone all the time like I'm aware that it's very easy to get sucked into this stuff um, but his whole thing was we're actually cluttering up the sky and he's an Indigenous Australian and he talked a lot about how we should very obviously again listen to them if we want to manage the land sustainably which we seem to be very terrible at doing mm. in Australia um, mm. listening to the advice that's there the, they know um, but it's very different to the way we live I guess but essentially the stars are very important in that story. And if we fill the sky with satellites, which the reason they're there is for internet, or as Corey said, to help you download Finding Nemo five seconds faster, um, we're not going to see the stars. It'll yeah. be cluttered with satellites. And I was yeah. just, that, that floored me. To, that was pretty powerful. Yeah, and then we lose the wonder and then we lose the hope. Yeah. That was his line of thinking. And I went, wow. Yeah. Oof. That yeah. was, that was, Yeah. That's so what are, what are you looking forward to then? What's happening in season two? What are our plans? Oh, my gosh. We've got so many plans. Okay, talk to me through <laughs> them because I don't know what they are. Uh, well, <laughs> first plan is to um, 
come back know, with the season two. We'll yeah, season we'll two. We'll start season two. Is, <laughs> we'll start there. Uh, maybe we'll have a nice like intro jingle. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think we need a good Tune intro. Up the professionalism of the yep. production. I think because we know people are listening. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we know yeah. some people have listened to every episode. Yeah. Like, you're we our favorite you. people in the world. Um, you're the reason we're doing a season two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think we've. We've kind of learned through doing these episodes that we steered our interest was towards business people a little bit yeah, who are doing sustainable yeah, things without yeah, knowing it, um, yeah. all in their own way. Um, because that's how the world operates, right? Most people are. It's great learning and talking to professors, and they wowed me as well. But just talking to people who are setting up businesses that do good, that was really interesting to me because I feel like that's. It's not like we're going to stop doing business. It's just that we're going to have to shift and actually put people and planet first. Yeah. And to talk to the people that are already doing that, I feel like they're the thought leaders of today. Yep. Yep. So we want more business people? Uh, people doing it right. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Well, they all, yeah, business is a funny term, isn't it? But yeah. um, people, they're, well, they're disruptors. They're, they're not necessarily walking down the street banging a saucepan, but they are, not doing business as usual, which is business the way everyone yeah. else is doing it. Which and yeah. we, well, we know business as usual isn't going to cut it. No. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I really liked the future focus. That twenty thirty mm. question was a big one um, for me, and yeah, I think we well obviously we can elaborate on that in the new season. Well, we've collated all of the responses, which make for <coughs> very interesting reading. So yep. we've got like a document where we've been putting down everyone's thoughts on 2030 in particular what, like what does the future look like um and i think it'd be cool to put that in a book and yeah. to have that as you know some sort of discussion i know some sort of event where we you know again go through all of that and interrogate it and test it and go well if that's the future like this is what all of these people are saying and they're saying similar things yep Okay, so if that's what we're aiming for, well, how do we get there? Like what yep. do we need to do? What are the things that need to change? What are the things we need to improve on? What do we have to put in place now to yep. get to this vision of 2030? I think that would be fascinating to look yeah. at that in a bit, little bit more detail also. Yeah, there you go. We've got season two sorted. Well, <laughs> so many spin-off products also. Gosh. Uh, but we never got through our whole list. So many great people to yeah, talk to. Yeah. So there'll be no shortage of interviews uh, in the new season. Um what else are we going to come up with? Julie's rapidly becoming a sustainable fashion. Um, <laughs> what are you? The uh, what are you? Spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> something uh, so watch, watch her on uh, TV yeah, and um, ABC Radio. About that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think um, just having these conversations. Oh, the one thing. So one thing before we wrap up here. Yep. The Canberra Focus. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, and I think it should still be part of it, mm. but I don't think it should limit us. It was pretty amazing being able to talk to other people outside of Canberra who really inspired us yeah, and yeah. to have the opportunity to do it. And I think, thank you to our loyal listeners, but even like just being able to talk to these people is a good enough reason to totally. do this podcast. I yeah. feel so honoured whenever someone agrees, these people who I really admire to sit down and chat with us and to just to, so beautiful, this long form conversation stuff, yeah. right? At first I was really daunted by it because... Um, you can't really prepare for it. You have to be yourself, right? And sometimes that can be confronting, especially when you have to edit yourself. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't do any of the editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it is actually. Um, it's exhausting but exhilarating. It is. Um, but I always feel super inspired after oh each of my the conversations. God, yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I just want to keep talking to more incredible people. I'm so grateful that we can do it this way. Yeah, so episode two, January, February, season February? Two. Season two. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. Season, season two, two will be in the year 2022. 2022, <laughs> season two, bring it on. That's right. Bring it on. Yes. Um, yeah, look out for that new jingle. That we'll yeah. <laughs> I'll be working on it all over the summer holidays. Um, but yeah, it's been a great season. It's been great fun. Thank you so much, Julie. Thanks thank ag- you, Ryan. <laughs> thanks again <laughs> to everyone that actually listened. Yeah, thank you. And, and um, um, we can't wait. Can't wait to be back. Yeah, and so the whole season stays there. Um, I know a lot of people listen through the Canberra Environment Centre website, but it's on Apple Podcasts it's under Environmental Heroes. It's on Spotify under Environmental Heroes, on Google Podcasts. It's pretty much anywhere you could think of where there's podcasts. If you type in Environmental Heroes, you'll find us. So the whole season actually stays there. So if you enjoyed these, please tell someone else who you think might enjoy them. Um, If you can rate the podcast wherever you listen to it, give us five stars if you think we deserve it. But um, we want to grow this. So um, help us out if you've enjoyed it and we'll keep doing, bringing the interviews. Local environment heroes saving the trees and the bees.